Hey guys, welcome back to Legendary. Uh, we're so excited. It's a new year. Sam and I are thrilled to be with you. Yes, we hope everyone had an amazing Christmas and has already kicked off an exciting new year. Yep. Uh, we are actually getting to sit in the same room for the first time and podcast. Yes, it's it's pretty amazing being able to see Jonathan's shining face as we're recording this podcast. You're much less pixelated in person than I expected you to be. Well, that's well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh you're you're much less careful. Uh hairy, hairy okay. than the well, last time I saw you. All right. Well, well that's I, that's not entirely true. You're still quite hairy. It doesn't feel like a compliment. Yeah. When you say it that way. I meant it in the most complimenty way possible. Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. You're welcome. It is good to see you. It is it is even better to see you. It's exciting that we uh the past couple months have been kind of uh a bit of a break for legendary in a way we've had to do some reassessing and uh you know we've had <laughs> we had two really fantastic podcast yeah. guests that literally at the last second we had to reschedule yeah. and so uh so we apologize for that but we've got some really good things coming up and uh we think you guys are going to love it absolutely and and both of those guests n- not only did we reschedule but like just hey hopefully we're rescheduling they are rescheduled so yeah, both of those guests definitely. will will be on the podcast upcoming, uh, and I know you guys are going to love it. Uh, both guests are phenomenal, so we're really looking forward to it. You that. know, we're just starting out this year looking at, Sam and I have been talking a lot about what do we want to see this year uh, in our guys? What do we want to see for Legendary? What do we want to focus on as men this year? And that really has directed us today in our topic of discussion. And, yeah. and we were, we, we passed this by Jeff and we got approval for matching tattoos. Yeah. And so while Jonathan and I are in the same place, he's going to go ahead and get the tattoo placement. Uh, He wanted it in a place that I wasn't totally comfortable with. So we just decided on the right shoulder. It's a compromise. It is a compromise. It's a compromise. um, But those are (laughs) (laughs) for for all of you uh, uh, veterans out there that are, are squirming in your seats. No, we're not getting legendary tattoos, but uh, maybe we maybe some legendary merch though in in the future would be would yeah. be a good good thing to that do. Would, that would be exciting for sure. <laughs> you know, as as we've had many conversations about what we can talk about that would benefit us all as a whole. You know, when we started this, it's always been about a conversation, never about been about us coming at you with a teaching, but rather like, yeah. hey, these are things that we're dealing with, yes. and we know that we're all. There's a lot of overlap. It doesn't matter if our situations or our location, our country, our setting is different. We're uh, we're all dealing with very, very similar issues yeah. and that are packaged differently. And I'm glad you brought that up, Jonathan. Just starting out the new year, I think it's really good to just kind of reiterate the core and the heart of why Legendary exists. This is not a teaching podcast. This is not something where Jonathan and I have PhDs and and men's studies or whatever you want to call it. No, this, this is just simply two guys that are excited about what God is doing and realize we're imperfect and need each other and need you. Uh, And we want to share that journey. We want you to be a part of it. And we want to be a part of yours, strengthening each other, equipping each other. And um, we're, we're in unique positions as missionaries. Yeah. And I think, I think this is incredibly significant, the, the roles that God's blessed us with. And it's very easy as we're separated for, the distance to create a complacency that creeps in, 
an ease of excuse that creeps in and really a mode where we're just not being pushed and operating in a way that we'd like to see ourselves. Right. And so legendary is designed to be one, one more lifeline that gives you that, that kick in the pants when you need it, but also that encouragement when you need it, that realignment when you need it, and just a way to connect with guys across the field. Yeah. So gird your loins because we're about to kick your pants. That's right. Loin girding <laughs> has been commenced. I, I, you know, uh, what we want to talk today is about expectations. Yeah. I heard somewhere, and, and I don't know if this stat is completely true, but I feel like uh, from what I've heard, it's it's pretty accurate that a lot of missionaries, especially new missionaries that are coming to the field, leave the field because of unmet expectations, Absolutely. that their expectations are don't align with the realities of yep. the situations that they're going to face yep. or the expectations of the missionaries that are already on the field. And in discussing this, this idea of expectations, I think we all have expectations on ourselves, on the situation that we're going into, on others. And then we have expectations that are being placed on us by others. Right. And when those don't go according to plan from either direction, it can be a discouraging thing. It can be, it can really throw you for a loop. And I think both you and I, Sam, have had sort of different situations where, um, you know, for us, we have an increased level of expectation. We've stepped into a, a new role at, at ICA Tokyo. And so we have a lot of people that are now looking at us yeah. with the expectation of a level of, of new leadership and, and things like that. And then you've got situations where in Tana that very tumultuous situations where you're you've got a lot of expectations on what you want to see happen in the future and things have not every step is not panning out like you <laughs> <laughs> like you had hoped you know perfectly you know and 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 uh, this statement about expectations unmet unmet expectations i almost roll my eyes when i hear that because mm. i i i think everybody comes in with this thought process i this thought that i know it's not going to be the way that i imagine it I right. know that, you know, most of the people and I'd venture to say everyone is pretty sharp. And we come into this with this understanding of like, we haven't lived in this context before. We haven't had these responsibilities before. It's going to be different. But mm -hmm. then we get there and then find ourselves realizing we did have expectations that we weren't totally aware that we had. And now we're frustrated. Right. And, you know, that that's, I'm talking, that was first term, you know, first term getting out there. And it was like, hurry up and wait, which is kind of a part of a missionary's life, you know, language, relationships, take the pressure off, but focus on that, that, that whole thought process. And that was great. But then in the background, most missionaries are very driven. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you've got this, this pressure that's being put on you by these expectations that you've put on yourself. So I think having an understanding, Jonathan, of what your own expectations are actually takes the pressure off yourself. And so helping to define those. And I didn't do that in my first term until I, until about a year and a half, two years in, I remember getting down to Tana, uh, cause we spent nine months on the Northern Island first learning language and just kind of living. Then we got down to Tana and I started to take the pressure off myself. And I realized my expectations uh, that I put on myself, I wasn't going to be able to live up to those things. I wasn't going to be able mm -hmm. to, you know, plant all these churches, do all these things, you know, change the 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 map in Tana, if you will, right? Uh, in in that in that time frame, mm -hmm. and that's when things started to happen. That's when God started to open up doors. That's when I took the expectations off and started taking the pressure off myself and planning for all these things. It freed me up 
to be able to hear from God and follow from God. So it's like a pressure relief. But I know what you're getting at. You're mm-hmm. talking about my expectations and, and complications going into the second term. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think that's a good place to start in that, man, there's a real lack of peace that we feel when we have overinflated the expectations on ourselves Absolutely. and the situation. Um, and I think for us going into the first term, we had kind of, I don't know, we talked to enough missionaries too that we had, we'd kind of like expected, it's it's a little bit of like hoping for the best, planning for the worst. Right. Where we, we kind of had a realistic expectation of how things would be and that even the great things, the wonderful things about Japan that we would find really attractive when we first got there would sort of begin to wane, like would sort of begin to to fade and that those things are not going to sustain us. And so, yeah, I, I think, uh, but we all, we all arrive with a, our, our zeal <laughs> is at level 10. Max. Yeah. I think you have to, to, yeah. to get oh, through. Yeah. To Absolutely. get through the fundraising process, yes, you have to have like the greatest idea and hope of what God is going to do in a even in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm going to change the world in a month. I mean, not necessarily that we say that, but we hope that our arrival that will be happen. the onset of some miraculous yeah. event that God is about to do. And, and and I think what you're saying there, Jonathan. I- is is we place expectations on ourselves that really those expectations should be placed on God. Mm-hmm. And that's what creates frustration. What I mean by that is God has called us to obey. So we step out in that obedience and and then we have these expectations that that are in line with God's promises. Right. But it's what God has to do. And so we're expecting ourselves to fulfill them to make those things happen instead of saying, God, I'm I'm totally trusting you and mm-hmm. I just want you to show up in a magnificent way right. and do these things. And if it doesn't happen right then, when we place those expectations on ourselves, we feel like we failed. Mm-hmm. And it's not that God failed or anything like right, that, but it's right. just that God's got his timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what I found out towards the end of the first term when God, when things really started to happen and testimonies uh, started to, to come out from Tana was that I had removed the expectations off myself and simply put the expectation that I just want to obey God. Mm, and that's good. I know it sounds it sounds like super like holy and, and great and everything, but but it it, it was the exact opposite. It was right. the realization that that I'm not capable. I'm not good enough. I cannot fill my expectations. I cannot accomplish what what God has called me to do. I can't, mm-hmm. but He can. And my simple obedience. And we learned time and time again that God works in spite of us, in spite of our failures, in spite of our inadequacies, in spite of our mistakes, he, as long as we're willing to be obedient, mm-hmm. then he's ready to use us. I think that's good. I think sometimes we overcomplicate yeah. uh, things. And, and, and we put this unnecessary pressure. Yeah. The most profound things with God are honestly annoyingly simple right. uh, many of the times. Absolutely. And I think the expectations in the first term are set when you have the most amount or the highest amount of unknown variables. Yes. Before you get to your country, if you've never taken a trip there, you don't know what it's going to be like. You're setting expectations based upon a, a lack of understanding of the language, the culture, the people, the Absolutely. place, like all of these things. Absolutely. And you've, and so, cre- you've created this whole image in your head, how it's going to look, how you're going to fit in. How of course gonna it's going to fail. Of course it's not going to meet those expectations, you know, because all of those variables or question marks are then going to be answered. 
And those expectations are going to be replaced by new ones and hopefully more appropriate expectations for yourself. But let's talk about you going into the second term because you guys, the plan that you've had for for Tana is is an incredible one. Uh, you guys are moving into a, a, an area in a village where there aren't missionaries. You're trying to establish not only um, missionary work for what you want to do in the next few years, but what could set a course for future missionaries over the next two decades of missionary work in, in Tana. And so a lot of it revolves around this mission center that you guys are, are going to build. But we And we've talked a little bit about your living conditions because you and I have vastly different situations when it comes to that. And I know we've talked about rats, we've talked about volcanoes, <laughs> we've talked about all these little, like really awful things. And I know that even there's guys listening to us that were nodding their head and they're, they're facing similar oh, uh, yeah. types of situations. Oh, yeah. But Well, uh, as, as we've discussed or alluded to on some of the other podcasts, we live in, in a village in a small house and it's fantastic, but we are smack dab in the middle of a village. And anybody living in a village context understands that there's absolutely no privacy. What's mine is yours and yours is mine. And and so the Tana Mission Center removes us from that a little bit. In fact, the, the ground for the Tana Mission Center is right at the edge of our current village, but it will give us some privacy. And number one, it'll be a house for our family. Mm-hmm. It'll be a classroom, an office. Uh, and then uh, this uh, the first floor will be housing for missionary associates, guest speakers, interns, that sort of thing. And then outside, we're going to pour slab, and that's where we're going to start um, fellowship meetings, and hopefully launch the Tafea Bible and Leadership Training Center. We already have another piece of land for that too, but it'll be a, it'll be a, we have to finish the Tana Mission Center first. Right. So this has all been in the works for quite a while. A lot of planning has gone into this. This vision's been in our hearts basically since we landed in Tana. In fact, we put the application with the government to get a lease on the custom land because you can't purchase land. You can only lease it from the tribal owner. We did that in 2017. Mm. So everything's been approved. Yeah, uh, it's gone through ten different ten different committees that had to approve it. Next thing we had to do was uh, another person had to come in from the tribal committee down in Tana. They approved it. Mm-hmm. Then there had to be a survey done. That's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're we're back in Tana now. We've been back here since September, and we still don't have the lease. We still don't have the title. We still don't have. We still not in a position where we can actually break ground. And you guys had raised money for this. Money's raised. It's ready to go. You know, we're just waiting for the government to give the piece of paper that we as an organization need so that right. uh, if any disputes arise or anything like that, they say, no, it's officially, mm-hmm. you know, mission center ground. The challenge is, is we're working with two systems. We're working with the government system and a tribal system and trying to reconcile the two. And it's never been done before. This is the first time. So we had all these expectations and just talking on a personal level, coming in as a family, kids are getting older. We've got four kids. They're all sleeping in an itty bitty room, uh, you know, just stacked up on bunk beds. And my wife, bless her heart, homeschool, uh, baking bread, teaching kids, you know, uh, running the house, all these things in this little house. And she's seen the plans for the Tana Mission Center, which isn't extravagant, but when you're going, when you're going from 500 square feet to 1,100 or 1,200 square feet of living space, it's going to be huge feeling. And oh, it's, yeah. the kids, the girls, there'll be a girl's bedroom, a guy's bedroom. And praise God, Jonathan, more than one restroom. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> you need that extra rest. Oh my goodness. It's not just from people getting ready. It's from the stuff that comes through the village and clears you out. And it tends to hit three or four people in the house at the same time. Everybody's got to get in there once. Oh man. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'm not even going to go into those details, but buckets have been involved. <laughs> well, so I mean, so these wrenches got thrown in yeah, this and, last year. And and so we got we got back to the field and it's still not ready and so I met with these other committees and everything and nobody the, no one's really clear on the end what needs to happen to get it finished. The finish line is difficult to see. Right. And we came in and we had a dispute arise that we thought was from within a pastor and then found out it wasn't. And, they were, and anyway, that got all resolved and we found out that issue wasn't really an issue. But the big issue that did arise is we realized that, just like it says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart grow weary. Mm. And that weariness was starting to affect us. Mm. Because just even just even being able to break down the ground and start digging the foundation would feel like okay we're making progress right you know I'm right. A, I'm a dream caster a vision caster and so I take my kids out to the land and say okay this is where it's going to be can you imagine teams coming in and we can put tents up here and you know trying to cast the vision yeah and and that keeps people going but you can live on that for so long I remember Kylie looking at me my my 11 year old and she's like Dad I like this. And I, I, I believe that we'll live here someday. She says, but we haven't even like started digging or anything yet. Wow. It doesn't really feel like our land yet. It doesn't wow. feel like the Tana Mission Center land yet. And I was like, yeah. Well, and, you're, and that sort of uh, underlying feeling of as a man, as a leader of my household, yes. I'm the provider. Yes. Like I've got, I've got to make this work. I've got to happen. You've sold this dream not only to your supporters or to churches or to uh, other people with an AGWM, but you have sold this dream to your family and yeah. they, they bought into it. Yes. And so that can feel like a lot of pressure. Too. It can feel like a ton of pressure. And also when you see your wife and, and the situation she's living in now, and you could see how excited she was for that space. She was excited to have breathing room. She was excited to be able to, you know, have a classroom for the children and, uh, and by classroom, I just mean family space that's a little bit bigger than, than right. doing class in the dining room, right. you know? And then sh- hearing her ask questions like, okay, so when do you think it's going to happen? And not being able to give a definite answer. Right. And she's, I mean, she's a champion, but I can just see that she's like, okay, I'm not going to get my hopes up. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be a while. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to keep going. And wanting to be that, I mean, let's be honest, wanting to be that hero. Yeah, wanting to be that that knight in shining armor, and uh, wanting to say, "Okay, honey, we've got the green light. We're going to start breaking ground right, right now." Yeah. So, what you know, as you're saying these things, I'm also thinking, what what are the actions that you take after that? Because how do you rebound? Yeah. From that that mental and emotional setback. Yeah. Right. And yeah. <laughs> I think what's happening too. We're we're getting uh, with the call to prayer here. We're sitting in Jakarta, and, and we can hear the call to prayer happening outside. So if you if you can you hear, guys that hear that, background. <laughs> but how do you how do you bounce back from that? Yeah, and I know you guys are kind of kind of still a little bit in the middle of it. Well, yeah, but. we're definitely in the middle of it. But I I think a really encouraging part of that is I always remind myself how God provided for the resources. I mean, we we went back, shared the vision, and God brought the funds in, and it mm-hmm. was very clear that this was part of God's plan. Then we got there, and it was another challenge. You know, that dispute arose uh, on the land. And then we just found out actually about a month ago that that was a misunderstanding. That's been cleared up. Then there was another challenge with, it was the tribal land really a part of this tribe? Because it's all been word of mouth for years and years and years and years. Right. And so that was just resolved. And it says it is really a part of the tribe that was offering it to me. So And that's that actually went through the Supreme Court. 
Hmm. And the Supreme wow. Court of Vanuatu gave out a statement saying this is their land, they have the paper. And so God is continually just moving things forward. And I think the timing part, you know, we were talking about expectations. The timing part is the rebound, Jonathan, because we have these expectations that we put on our hearts, our minds. And I think it I think to a certain extent it's unavoidable. Right. It is unavoidable. There's no there's no amount of planning unless you just go numb. And you remove all expectations, and that's a whole other issue in and of itself. Yeah. If you're in a place where you find yourself not having expectations, that's a dangerous place. You need to you need to take a deep breath and, yeah. and reevaluate and see what's going on. Because I found myself wanting to go to that place. Right. And uh, but th- I had put these expectations on myself almost without realizing, mm-hmm. and it was God's timing, God's plan that I need to be surrendered to, and conti- and it's a continual surrender. It's not just hey, I'm surrendered to God's plan and God's timing. We all say that. But it, when you're in the midst of it, and you've got pressure, you've got teams that want to come out, you've got people that, you know, committed a lot of money to this, and like, hey, oh, you yeah. want to hear an update about it? Right. And I, you know, and I show a picture of the land with <laughs> nothing on it. Yeah, a piece of dirt with a tree in the middle. I'm like, well, this is the land. Right. Hope you like it? Um, is 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 the part that's challenging? Yeah. But at the same time, we can see how God is moving the pieces forward. So mm-hmm. for us, that's the rebound. Is we see that it's going to happen. We see that God is yeah. is moving the process forward. So I'm going to do everything I can on my side to be prepared. I'm mm-hmm. I'm. It gives me plenty of time. It, I'm sure it won't feel like plenty of time has passed when we're like, okay, let's build because there's no hardware stores on Tana and all that stuff. So right. sourcing right. everything, getting everything together, t- requires a ton of preparation in and of itself. Yeah, and how do you turn it into a teachable moment for your kids? Yeah, to say. I mean, and it's not just with your kids, but even with your spouse. How do we, as a as a guy, how do we yeah. then not explain this, but how do we in ourselves be the leader through this yeah. moment that we need? You know, as a leader, we're providing, but then then how do we lead in this moment? Yeah, how do we bring back the the sense of hope? How do we encourage our family through this this situation? Yeah, you and know, I, and I think it's a daily thing. I don't have it figured out, but what I have, what I what I'm learning is that, you know, for me, it was just cast the vision, cast the vision, cast the vision. But eventually, without action behind that vision, mm-hmm. it starts to feel very um, empty. Mm. And that's when the hope deferred makes the heart grow weary comes into play. And so for my wife, she she's not as involved in the details. She mm-hmm. doesn't see uh, all the different things that are happening with the government. All she sees is this piece of land and nothing's happened on it. Right. And so she's got her own set of details that she's dealing with. Absolutely. And she doesn't want to know about all those details. And I don't want her to worry about those details. You know, if she wants to know, I'll tell her all the details. She knows that it was approved and it came through and, you know, but she's not involved in those details. And so I think one thing that I found is allowing, and this is hard for me because I'm like the eternal optimist, is allowing her to express her frustrations and empathize with those Mm -hmm. and then be able to find hope. Empathize, not fix them. Right, right. No, I want to fix them. But we I, want to fix them. But that doesn't help. We want to fix them immediately. Oh, absolutely. Like, here's your... <laughs> here's express, your issue. Expe- well, that's your, your problem. problem. Express your just, problem. Just change your attitude. So that I can break out my tool belt, my emotional <laughs> tool belt, right. and start hammering at things. Right. And she's like, no, 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 I'm not there yet. Yeah. That's tough, too, yeah. to kind of break that that feeling of wanting to just get everything back to the way it should be or yeah. normal. So I think we need to see these moments as, and we talked about this on the the podcast with Pastor Mark Lehman, but mm-hmm. the point is the process, right? We talked about yes. that and that this is, uh, there is 
there's reasons behind all of this. Absolutely. God is working all things for our good. So we have to believe that even the setbacks, even the wrenches, even yeah. the things that are that are thrown in that don't meet our expectations, they met God's expectations. He yeah. he knew what was gonna happen. Yes. He's not like sitting in shock no. because some guy in Tana like threw a wrench into your master plan. No. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And then drawing Drawing, uh, and I know you've done this, drawing support and encouragement from other people and other guys. How's that? Yeah. That, that's been that's been a part of it too. That's been absolutely integral, you know, even just reaching out to you and mm-hmm. ha- just, and you've been that, that space where I can kind of process some of these frustrations, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, Jonathan, here's the situation. Here's what's happening. Looks like we're, you know, I remember the, the call when I called you and I said, it looks like we're not even going to be able to build here. And every other opportunity on the island has been exhausted, you know? Yeah. And w- in, in addition to that, dealing with some health issues, like some allergies that really affected my my wife living in the middle of a village where everybody's burning everything and the smoke fills up the house, you know, and so just everything compounded at once. Right. And, and we, every guy, every missionary knows that there's those days and those weeks where stuff just compounds mm-hmm. and it, it feels like it's getting in the way. It's trying to push everything back. Mm-hmm. Um but being able to express that, find that encouragement, look to the future, fills you with hope again. And, you know, Jonathan, I don't, I have to admit, I'm, this is something I'm really trying, I'm really growing in right now. Sure. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I wish I could say that I know exactly how to encourage this vision in my family mm-hmm. when, um, when I'm in a situation like this. I wish I could say, Jonathan, I, I can sit Lisa down and hear every concern and then turn it around. And at the end of the conversation, she's got a smile and she's like, this is going to happen. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm that's not real life though. It's not, it's not, but that's, that's an expectation, an unreal expectation that I put on myself. Right. And sometimes when I don't fulfill that, you know, when at the end of the day, um, my kids aren't jumping up and down and my wife's not jumping up and down. Sometimes I feel like, wait a second. Like lifting you in the air. Yeah. Like you want them to just, just yeah. throw you up in the air. I do. Yeah. Throw a couple cheers your or, way. Or, yeah. Or I, you know, I just want my wife to massage my feet at the end of the day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Honey, never listen to this podcast. Oh, She's not listening. Oh, she yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Ladies wouldn't listen to this. They're not allowed to. No, they're not. No. Actually, I think there's a coding in here that if they listen to it for more than five minutes, it burns their ears. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to add that in yeah, later. That's in, good. In the edit. That's good. Uh, but I, I think I think those are selfish expectations too, right? They are. When they're involving someone else and you're like, oh, well, I want them to react this way and I want them to be this yep. way at the end. And, yep. and it, it doesn't include the variable of them and their yep. desires and what right. they want. So I think these are challenges, but they're challenges that as missionaries, we face on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Absolutely. And so they're building in us a resilience and none of us have arrived yet. Mm-hmm. Like your point to your point, none of us have gotten there yet. And I don't know that we'll ever get there. Like this is, this is part of, this is part of what part we do. On growing. Yeah. And this is part of the purpose that God is working inside of us. Yeah. And Jonathan, I, w- I want to switch gears just a little bit here. I think uh, we're, we talked about expectations and that's great. And I think everybody deals with that from, from the maps worker all the way to the career missionary who's been on the field for, for 50 years, mm-hmm. you know, and we're all at different stages of those unmet expectations or, or getting better at, at, at setting those expectations and surrendering them to God and, and following through that process. But one of the other things that goes right in line with those expectations 
is the call that we initially feel at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so often we feel like we have to fulfill that call in an exact place and it's going to happen. And God called us to to Tana, so we're going to go there and it's just going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, You made a great statement when we were talking the other day about God's calling. And I want you to share that. And let's talk about that. Yeah. I think um, in talking to a lot of, not just missionaries, but young people that are searching for purpose in their life and the call of God, searching for the call of God in their life, searching for, hey, what is this one definable thing that God has designed me exactly for? And I think there's, sometimes there's problems in the way we ask that question. And and I think we put a lot of emphasis on, and, and you know this when you come and experience other cultures, Americans, we put a lot of emphasis on destiny and yep. like this one purpose that we are my destiny, destiny. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, it's like, um, it's, it's a very romantic Hollywood style of figuring out what we want to do with our life. Yeah. And I'm not saying that God hasn't designed us for something. Like I truly believe God purposed me in my mother's oh, womb. I, like, like he knew, I, he knew he wanted me in Japan, but but I think often we do get hung up on physical location, geographic location, and God cares far more about the location of our heart, the position of our heart. Yeah. So, so Jonathan, let me, let me ask one more question about that. What does that mean when I am frustrated and I'm, and I'm looking at ministry, like I look at Japan and I'm like, hey, we could do that. We could, it, we could, that living situation would be great. Mm-hmm. I've got a passion for those people too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could work. You know, that living situation would even be a little bit more comfortable. Um, we could make it work. And you have those thoughts in your head. And I know, I know, yeah. I know we're not supposed to do that. I know we're not supposed to even compare ourselves, but it's, you know. With, well, we hate, we hate being uncomfortable. Right. And so when we're uncomfortable, we search for a way to not be uncomfortable. We're, we're searching for an exit door so to speak, a parachute that we can yeah. that we can pull to get ourselves out of the situation as quickly as possible. Absolutely. And new missionaries, we experience this in culture shock. You know, when we face culture shock on a daily basis and when it compounds over time, yeah. we can really start to say, oh, like the grass is so much greener on that side of the fence. Like, <laughs> so you know, Jonathan has it so much better over in first world country, Japan, you know? Yeah. And we face, we all have our own difficulties that we face. And right. it's a really dangerous game that we can start to play mentally when we started to predispose ourselves to look for earmarkers of failure. Yes. Because when you see a situation that doesn't go according to plan, you could easily start to say, well, that's an earmark of failure. That's an earmark of missing God. That's an earmark of of me not being in the right place at the right time. And so I need to do something to fix that, to change that situation. And so we can use it to become an answer or a voice in our head that is not true. So you're talking about finding fleeces in everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. think, I think, I think if maybe I'm wrong, but I think everybody can do that just a little bit. And I think it happens. We all do it. I think it happens even just in subtle ways. We're like, oh, well, yeah, that's really, that's really kind of an indicator that this Mm -hmm. probably isn't right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and sometimes we don't express it because we hear the naivety in it, but we allow ourselves to have this internal monologue, which feeds into our expectations. Right. And, and starts to put these negative expectations about where we are. 
Yeah. And so we're expecting these bad things to happen because we think like, well, it just adds to the evidence that's yeah. that's mounting right. on on the case that I'm building in my head that Absolutely. I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't be doing this, I shouldn't be in this culture. Yeah. And pretty soon at some point someone is going to win the case in your head. Someone is going to you're going to pass judgment. And then at that point it's really difficult to come back from that. Right. Right. Once you've already made that decision, it's hard to unmake that decision. Now, what are we actually talking about here? We talked about expectations and then the thing the thing that we're talking about here is the call of God in our lives, but but taking that and how would we define that? Well, first of all, it's not putting so much emphasis on the peripheral or all the variables. I think I think first of all, looking inwardly to the heart and saying, "Where's my heart in this in this situation?" If the call of God is really a heart issue, then the variables don't matter, right? You know, before we went to Japan, you know, some people were kind of shocked or surprised. We even have family members that were like. Wait a second. You you've never even taken a trip there. Like cuz and I know I don't have anything against doing that, taking those kind of exploratory trips. Sure. But we didn't. We 100% knew that God was calling us and we we had been working in ministry. We kind of had we we recognized the fingerprints of God on something and and so we just knew and so before doing that, yeah, we didn't go and and explore and see, oh, is this are we going to like the food? Are we going to like the culture? Are we going to are we going to be comfortable in these situations? The call of God was so strong in our hearts that we said, regardless of any of those factors, if they are the worst that we could imagine, we know with 100% confirmation that God is calling us to be there and God wouldn't lead us to somewhere that ultimately is not leading us to happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. And we're not letting the sense of being comfortable, that's not what is leading me in my ministry right. or in my life. Right. And it's, it's hard if we're not intentional mm-hmm. to, what I'm saying is it's easy if we're not intentional for those things to to start to lead us. Right. Yeah. And stress lowers those, right? Yes. It weakens our ability to resist those uncomfortable variables that are affecting us on a daily basis. As we start this new year, 2020, reevaluating our expectations. Where does it start though? Because all of the variables, the people, the culture, the places, antenna, all of the things that there's so much stuff that is out of our control. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> and we're placing expectations on things that are frankly out of our control. Yes. So we've got to start someplace that is in our control. And I would almost say there's only one thing that's in control. Right. In our control. And that's us. That's ourselves. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it has to start there. And I've seen a big transition for myself in my emotional state of being concerning these expectations, what we were talking about with the frustrations with the Tana Mission Center. Yeah. Uh, change when I put a priority on taking time myself. Mm-hmm. And man, I know this is so elementary and sometimes you just want to you just want to say something that somebody hasn't heard and and I, I got to give credit to my dogs. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, that came out of left field. Listen, listen. We got a new dog. We got a new dog. He's he's half uh Rhodesian Ridgeback, half Mastiff and his name is Thor. He's an awesome dog. Yeah. And my kids love him. He's a great dog, but he wakes me up every morning at like 4.45 to 5.30, somewhere in there, he comes up and this paw just goes thunk and drops on my chest and he just stares at me. And he, and then if I don't get up, then another paw thunk lands on my chest and he's he's hungry. He yeah. wants food. So, so I get up and let him outside and give him his food. 
And I'd find, I was finding myself awake at these times. And I'm like, well, let's just use it. Because before it was like, I'd get up at 6.30 or mm-hmm. 7 even sometimes, don't mm-hmm. tell anybody. And, uh, and, and I'd start my day, but I'd have like 20, 15 minutes before I needed to wake and the kids up, get them going and, you know, get, get them started. And this just gave me this time to take a deep breath on my own. And maybe it's just me because we live on top of each other in this house, but there's, there's literally no time to really take a deep breath. And Mm -hmm. this, this helped me to process some of these things. Mm-hmm. And I was spending more time in the Word. I was spending more time reading books that I needed to read that were developing myself. And I, you know, I realized the work of the Holy Spirit is changing other people and changing their hearts. That's not our work. That's not our jobs. Right. The only thing that God's really put in in our ability to change is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it has to start. That's yeah. where it has to start. And I found myself, I found myself approaching the day differently. I found myself approaching the day with much more uh, peace. Mm-hmm. And, so defining those expectations. Yes. And how has that affected the rest of your your day, your week? Well, you know, one thing I did, and I'm slowing this down a little bit. I apologize, not completely answering the question you're talking about. But one thing that changed, and I, I know we'll probably get into this in another podcast, is I read this book, um, and it, and I'm not going to tell the name of the book because I'm excited about doing a podcast about it later. But I started defining my values. Mm-hmm. Your values guide your decisions. And unless you know what your values are, your decisions can be all over the page. And what I mean by that is sometimes you define your values and you realize some of these values shouldn't be values. Like I value too much what people think about me in mm. this area. And so I was making these kinds of decisions. But when I, va- when I wrote these decisions, these values out, it helped me to realize, to filter my decisions. Oh, that's why I'm making these kinds of decisions and it helped me to restructure those. And so then I almost felt I went from reactionary to being in a place where I was making decisions that were more behind the values that I wanted. And these were values that I've wanted to instill in my family and in my life. And one of those values was to have God's peace in my family. Mm-hmm. And you can have God's peace in the midst of anything, in the midst of life not going the way you want it, in the midst of unmet expectations, in the midst of plans going wrong. Yeah. So I love that. And I think those values should be the driving factors behind how we set the expectations for ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yes. Because those expectations are going to be in alignment with yes. your values. Absolutely. They should be. Absolutely. And I think there should be values for yourself, but you're you're also as a responsibility as a parent and as the leader of your household, you have the responsibility to instill those values in your children and they're going to they're going to copy those values. They're yeah. going to see what you find valuable. Good, good and bad. Good and bad. They're yeah. going to they're going to find that and they're magnified to them like 10 times over. Which is, brings up the next question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Moonstones. Moonstones. Is that a value? You Lunar rocks? And moonstones. I, uh, so, okay, to everybody listening, I'm here in Jakarta. Jonathan has pomade that has moonstones in it. It says so. It says moonstones. Yeah. And it's very exclusive. It, well, apparently... What, what are we doing with moonstones, Jonathan? What I'm saying is the astronauts, they went to the moon. They got their little shovel. I can only imagine they had a shovel, probably a little broom or something. They were <laughs> bent over, zero gravity. They're scooping up, you know, like we got to get these moonstones. Is it trying to describe a smell or something? 
No, 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 no. It's a, it's a compound. It's, that's a, it. the moon keeps, sun compound. Yeah, it keeps things. It's okay. a zero gravity compound. That's, oh, well, that explains the, the quaff. It's on a the new top thing. It's on the periodic table. You don't, you don't know about it. Um, but oh. it, it's very, very exclusive, very hard to get. Very but cool. We digress. Yeah. But I, I think, I think how can we, uh, start then this year with setting those expectations? Like, I think, I think values are important. And when you don't set expectations for yourself, you have set an expectation. Absolutely. Choosing you, choosing not to make a decision is making is a decision. Is making a decision. Yes. And if you don't if you don't have a target, you're going to miss it every time. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your expectations for for this year yeah. and encourage everyone to like sit down and and take a moment to define those yeah. for this year. What do you want to see? It could be the simplest of expectation. Right. It could be simply that I want to wake up an hour earlier and spend more time in God's word. It could be, I want to uh, pray about these five things this year that in my ministry that so I want the ex- to see. The expectation from there would be, the expectation is I want to grow in God and the action steps are what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So the expectation is not enough. It's not enough by itself, right? Right. right. An expectation really is just a sentence that we put on paper that we occasionally look at it. And it reminds us how we're failing, <laughs> right? <laughs> it just it just like sits or it sits in the notes on your phone. So every time you open up to to do a new note, you see that one thing. It's like oh, I, hate, I hate that. Yeah. So so I think carrying it through to action steps, right? Um, and we we do this in projects too. Yes. Um, I, we in media stuff we do this in in uh, conceptualizing media projects all the time. Like you, you come together, you conceptualize something, you pull everybody's idea together. But there has to be action steps. There has to be okay. You're going to do this. You're going to do this, and the expectation that it's going to be done by a certain time frame in yeah. a certain time frame. So let's this year. 2020, spend some time and go, first of all, what do I want to see in myself this year? And, and also to allowing God to say, okay, God, is there anything that I haven't put down here that you want to place an expectation that you want to place on me and spend some time listening? Absolutely. And then write down the steps that, you know, if it's, if it's waking up an hour earlier, well, obviously you're going to have to go to bed earlier. And, (laughs) And I would say, and I would say, give yourself room to adjust these because they're mm-hmm. going to change. You're going to, you, the worst thing you can do is set these crazy high expectations and put all these, these action steps in there. And then you start not being able to do one or two or three of them. And you feel like you're failing. No, adjust and adapt. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, maybe you're not going to be able to read through the entire book of Romans every day. Right. Maybe you're going to be able to read through two chapters and reflect, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and adjust it as you go. But just because you have to adjust it doesn't mean you've missed it or you failed. One thing I've done with my kids this year, and we're, in fact, when I get back from this trip, they're supposed to have their decision. I asked them, every, all my kids except for Terry, he's still doing it, but it's, it's mm-hmm. different. He's sick still. So, uh, but with the older kids, it's, I, I wanted them to set a spiritual goal, a physical goal, and a personal goal. And we talked about that. We've been talking about it for two weeks. You know, a spiritual goal, whether it's, you know, I want to memorize you know, this, this much or something, or have this daily discipline, whatever it is, one spiritual goal, one physical goal, and then one personal goal. And a personal goal, it could be as big as like my son is toying with the idea of, I want to write my first book, you know, Wow. you know, which, you know, it, it, it would be great. And yeah. whatever it is, I want to help them work towards it. And then I want to help them go through the process of gauging those, those action steps and saying, oh, okay, 
we need to adjust this a little bit. We need to tweak this a little bit. Yeah. And I was one of those guys, and I know you're kind of like this too, Jonathan. It's all or nothing. So, man, I set these crazy goals, and I put this regiment behind it mm-hmm. that's attainable for like a week. Right. And then after that, you're burned out, you're fried. And so this year, I'm approaching things a little differently. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think if we start with setting those expectations and then allow ourselves space with the actionable steps behind it, it's going to be it's going to be a year that that's and then continually reevaluate whether if it's at the end of the month uh i've talked i've talked to some leaders they said you know they have a day of reflection at the end of each quarter yeah. you know they look yeah. through everything and they said this day is nothing but reflection in fact my a, my ad brian webb is one of those he sets aside a day and he just goes through it and talks through it with his wife and i think that's fantastic but having that time to reflect take a deep breath and reevaluate. Okay, we didn't do. We didn't. We didn't reach this one. We didn't right. reach this one. Right. Um, how are we going to adjust so that we can going forward? So let's set some. Let's set some realistic goals. Let's take some action steps this year. And and guys, let's make this. Let's make this the most legendary year of ministry, of family, Absolutely. of missionary work that we can. And we know that we're going to hit the mark that God has has called for us right. to hit this year. Right. And. Be okay with everything not going according to plan. Yes, yes. Things are going to go wrong this year. Things are not going to pan out the way you wanted them to, but God has a plan. He's working his plan. We're doing our best to follow him. Yeah. We're doing our best to hear from him, hear his voice, and that's all we can do. Yes. And that's okay. Yes. And I want to and I and I want to encourage the new the new MAs, the new young guys that are just coming onto the field. And you've got all these thoughts, all these expectations, all this pressure. I just want to encourage you: enjoy your time, have fun with it, and and don't allow your your the pressures of these expectations to just overwhelm you. Take a deep breath and just realize God has you in the right place. You're on an incredible adventure. God has called you to succeed. God has called you to a life of significance, and you're part of that journey. We love you guys. This is going to be a great year. Absolutely. I expect, I'm going to place an expectation right now. Do it. I want to expect uh, to see your face more often this year I in like, person. I like that expectation. I'm going to place this expectation. Okay, I'm ready for it. I expect yes. the Moonstones mm, no. to be... No. No? Okay. Let's redefine. Um, Start over. Expectation... Go ahead. Uh, every time I see your face, I expect your hair to be as magnificent as it is right now. Okay. Well, we're going to end the podcast right there. <laughs> guys, we love you. It's been awesome. Love you guys. And uh, we'll see you next time. Be legendary. Be legendary.